Well, again, you've heard it from many others, but we say to you, Happy Mother's Day. I look around this room and I am thankful for so many individuals that God has used in their families to make a difference. In some cases, we've done the best we can and they turned out well. In other cases, like Louise Adams, she did the best she could and they turned out like Jody, right? We still pray for his transformation and his work. But we are thankful that God gives us the setting of the family, that he gives us setting of children, he gives us the setting of parents, and through that mutual relationship that we can experience blessing together. Really, I want to share with you two truths today, two truths that I pray would penetrate your heart and they would just again remind you of the blessing and the responsibility that we have. These two truths, I'll give them to you up front. You can write them down, but please don't check out. First, I want to remind you today that your child is a blessing to you. Your child is a blessing to you. And I also want you to hear this morning that you are a blessing to your child. You are a blessing to your child. That mutually beneficial, that mutual, mutually appropriate relationship between child, parent, child, mother, child, father that God has given. And I want to flesh it out today as we look at Genesis chapter 15. Genesis chapter 15 as we continue the story of the patriarchs, a story of promise and providence, you see those two truths, I think, reflected in Abram's life. Now, you remember as Abram has walked through the past few days, he has followed God. He has done what God asked him to do. God said, just follow me and I'm going to bless you. And, and he went out in faith. He took a detour or so and then he had to separate from Lot. And even as Lot had moved into the worldliness of his life, Abram was there for him. And Abram has had this great victory in chapter 14. Wonderful victory that Abram has seen through God. And now, after that victory, after God re responds to him and reveals himself once again, Abram has a question. I want you to see beginning in verse 1 of chapter 15. It says, After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision saying, Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. So here's a vision of God, a revelation that God has given to Abram. He does this often in the life of the patriarchs and of the prophets and others where God will reveal himself. And notice his opening words. He says, Do not fear. Look, when you have a revelation of God and you come before His presence, you prepare yourself because you know that you are about to enter into the holy presence of the Lord of the universe. And oftentimes, God in the beginning, as He reveals Himself, will say something to the effect, do not fear, don't be afraid. A combination of that phrase is found some 80 plus times throughout the Bible. Do not fear. He says, I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. Notice he says, I'm the one that is protecting you. In chapter 14, he had experienced victory. And now God was reminding him that he himself, God himself, had provided that victory. And he was Abram's defense. He was with Abram. And there would be a great reward. That sounds wonderful. 
I mean, it does. To know that God looks at you and says, I'm going to fight your battles for you and you're going to have a great reward. But then I want you to note, I want you to note the question that Abram asked in verse 2. But Abram said, Lord God, what will you give me? Seeing I go childless, and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. Then Abram said, Look, you have given me no offspring. Indeed, one born in my house is my heir. So get what Abram says. He, he looks at God and he says, God, I know that you're blessing me. And yes, I just had a great victory. And God, it was only you. God, you are the one taking care of me. And God, you're the one that is blessing me just as you promised. But, but God, what is all of that blessing if I still remain childless? I mean, isn't that what Abram is saying? Abram is recognizing the blessing of God in his life, but he also knows that there is something that is still missing. He says, I still go childless. What if I were to have all these victories and no one to tell them to? No son, no daughter to share them with. What if I were to gain all this wealth, even if the king of Sodom had offered me such wealth, what would I have done with it because I have no son or daughter? Notice that when Abram is looking at blessing in his life, he certainly knows that God has been so gracious and generous. But he also knows that the true blessing that he's looking for is a child. A child. Children. And I want you to hear this the way Abram phrases it. It's almost like a wordplay in the Hebrew. He says, You have given me no offspring. The word there in the Hebrew is something like zira. So get this. He says, You have given me no zira. But I guess that means I'll have to turn to Eliezer. Well, my Mississippi pronunciations can't help you see that word play, but in the original Hebrew, you can see it. It's almost like a form of Eleazar. It's like, here you are, you are not giving me any children, no offspring. So I guess my offspring will be in Eleazar. Now, understand that Abram had experienced the disappointment of Lot. He had experienced the disappointment of Lot. I mean, at one point... Perhaps he thought Lot was going to be the one who would inherit. Lot, the nephew, who would come along and take up the family name and take up the family blessing and continue it on. Perhaps he thought that, but God separated the two to remind him that it would not be Lot. And perhaps now he's looking around and, and he's perhaps around 80 years old. And he's thinking to himself, there's no child here, so maybe it's Eleazar that's going to take upon my inheritance. Now, this is basically, when you look at this passage, basically two to five years, no more than ten years after Abram had responded initially to God and followed in the promise. So he's about 80 years old and he's thinking to himself, God, you blessed me and I've seen you take care of me and provide for me, but God, I am still childless. You know, even men of faith have moments. Even men of faith have questions. 
Even men of faith can look to God and just pour their heart out to him. And this is Abram pouring his heart out to God, just saying, God, I want to be a father. I want Sarah to be a mother. That is where I find my blessing. And then look, verse 4. Behold, the word of the Lord came to him, saying... Now, when I'm anticipating this verse, I'm anticipating God saying something like, Abram, it's about time you start listening up. I told you you were going to have a child. I told you that things were going to work out. Abram, this... But that would be more like my response, right? And perhaps your response. I love the way God just answers, answers patiently Abram. He says to Abram, This one shall not be your heir, but one who will come from your own body shall be your heir. He says, Abram, I'm still going to fulfill my promise to you. You are still going to have a child. Verse 5, then he brought him outside just so that he could impress upon him the truth of this reality, the truth of this message. He brings him out and he says, verse 5, look now toward heaven and count the stars if you are able to number them. And he said to him, so shall your descendants be. So he brings him out. He says, Abram, I want you to look up to the sky and I want you to look at all the different stars and I want you to count those. Now, I know some of you on Sunday morning service, you look forward to coming in here at 9 a.m. and counting the lights on the ceiling. I see some of you doing it while I preach. And you probably could count all those lights up there today. But if you were... Now, I've created a monster. I see some of you doing that. (laughs) But if you were to go out tonight, perhaps, and it be a clear night, and you look at all the stars, and you begin to try to count them, it would be impossible. Impossible to see all the stars that are in the universe, and yet God uses those stars... To say, Abram, I am going to bless you. Again, where is the blessing coming from? The blessing is coming from children and descendants and all that God is going to do within the family. Because this is the truth. Your child is a blessing to you. Just as Abram's child. Now, I know that Abram was unique and I know the story was unique to him and that there would be a child to be born, the promised child, Isaac. We know that. But I want you to see that just as Abram is to recognize the blessing of children, I think in our lives we are to recognize the blessing of children as well. God has blessed us. If we're celebrating Mother's Day today, then we recognize in some way that God has blessed us with children. And children are blessings. Now, they may be busy blessings. They may be messy blessings. Come on, people. Where's my amens here? They may be smelly blessings at times in your life, but they are blessings. The psalmist says, the psalmist says that children are a heritage of the Lord. The fruit of the womb 
is a reward. That's what he says, Psalm 127, 3, that it, the child, the fruit of the womb, that that child is a reward. That child is a blessing. And I'm going to tell you that in the culture in which we live, we need to call people back and remind them that children are blessings to individuals, to families, and to God. We need to remind. We need to remind our culture. Today it seems in our culture that children themselves are the ones who are the most vulnerable and the ones who are most under attack by Satan himself. And it is a tragedy what is occurring in our families and occurring in our culture. It is a tragedy to know of the things that are occurring in children's lives if somehow we could come back and we could understand the preciousness of God and the preciousness of His gift to us as that gift is reflected in our children, perhaps it would change our mindset and change our lives to understand once again that a child is a blessing, that our children are blessings to us. A few years ago, you would have been able to go to a website that was run by one of our United States senators, not one from Louisiana, but one from here in the United States. And you could have gone and you could have seen where he had talked about how we needed to do more family planning. We needed to do more preventive measures so that we could ensure, he said, quote, ensure that all children are wanted. Think about that a moment. He wanted through these things to ensure that all children are wanted. My friends, all children should be wanted. We shouldn't have to have government legislation to tell us we want our children. We should want children. We should see them as blessings. We should see how God gives them to us for a blessing in our lives. I'm not saying that every now and then we aren't surprised by the way God works and the way God brings a child into our lives. I tell people oftentimes that I'm one of four, I'm the third child, I was a surprise. My parents were around, oh, I better not say, they listen to me every week almost, and they will know that I gave you their age somewhere, especially my mama. But they were around 39 when I was born. My sister, my little sister, Medical impossibility. <laughs> Just leave it at that. But you know, we have always felt loved by our parents. And God has always, God has always taken them and used them to express His gratitude and His love to us. Always. You see, now I have four children as well. I have four children as well. And uh, we didn't exactly plan things. My father-in-law always says, I don't understand how so many people 
can have so many unplanned things in their lives as you and your wife. But we often say there's nothing that we would do. There's no way we could even fathom being without our children and the blessings that they are. Yes, the busyness that comes. Yes, the messiness that comes. But the blessing that comes. And what I would say to you once again is to, this morning, recognize that blessing. You might even say that you ought to count your stars. I would say count your lucky stars because you've heard people say that before. And that was the initial title of my message today, to count your lucky stars. But my friends, the stars and the children that I have are not the products of luck. They are products of God's design. And for us today... We come and we count our stars and we recognize that each one is a blessing from God. Abram recognized it would be through his child, it would be through his descendants that he would be blessed. And I say to you that it reflects the truth this morning that your child is a blessing to you. But I want to shift to this second truth. And I want you to see that in this passage that you are a blessing to your child. Notice it says in verse 6, And he believed in the Lord, and he accounted it to him for righteousness. God spoke and he revealed himself to Abram. And the Bible says that Abram believed. He believed. The root word of that Hebrew belief is the same word that we come up with the term amen. He believed. It's led some people to say that he said amen to God. He said amen. What does amen mean? Some of you don't know because you never use it. It means you have said the truth. You have spoken what is right. I agree with you. That's basically what we know it to mean. And and really, that's what it means in the Scripture as well. When Jesus were to use that in the New Testament, when he would say something like, Verily, verily, in the old King James, it was kind of like, Amen, amen. In other words, I'm telling you the truth. You better listen up. I speak the truth. So what Abram does is he amens God. God says, This is what I'm going to do in your life. You're not going to rely upon a servant from Damascus. I'm going to give you a child. And Abram says, Amen. I agree with you. And the Bible says that that is accounted to him for righteousness. We'll get back to that in a few minutes as the New Testament writers reflect upon it. But notice in verse 7 it says, Then he said to him, I am the Lord who brought you out of Ur of the Chaldeans to give you this land to inherit it. And he said, Lord God, how shall I know that I will inherit it? So he said to him, bring me a three-year-old heifer, a three-year-old female goat, a three-year-old ram, a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. Then he brought all these to him and cut them in two down the middle and placed each piece opposite the other, but he did not cut the birds in two. And when the vultures came down on the carcasses, Abram drove them away. Now when the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abram. Behold, 
horror and great darkness fell upon him. Then he said to Abram, Know certainly that your descendants will be strangers in a land that is not theirs and will serve them, and they will afflict them for 400 years. And also the nation whom they serve I will judge. Afterward they shall come out with great possessions. Now as far as you, you shall go to your father's. In peace, you shall be buried at a good old age. But in the fourth generation, they shall return here. For the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet complete. And it came to pass. When the sun went down and it was dark, that behold, there appeared a smoking oven and a burning torch that passed between those pieces. On the same day, the Lord made a covenant with Abram, saying, To your descendants I have given this land, from the river of Egypt to the great river, the river Euphrates, the Kenites, the Kenizzites, the Cadmonites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Rephaim, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Girgashites, and the Jebusites. Notice what he says. God looks at him and he says, Abram, I'm going to give you this land. That's what I said I'm going to do. I'm going to take you and I'm going to bless you and I'm going to give you this land. But get this. I'm going to give your descendants this land as well. Your descendants will have this land. So the descendants of Abram, The children, the child, the grandchildren, all of those who will come from Abram's family, they will be blessed just as God gives them the land that was promised. So here I am, part of Abram's family, and I'm going to receive a blessing because Abram has shown faith in God and Abram has gone and walked toward God, and now I'm going to be the beneficiary of it because I'm going to inherit this land this land. Now, I understand that each and every individual that calls themselves a part of Abraham's family, each and every one will have to make his or her own decision to follow God. I know that. But I want you to see that corporately, each one is blessed because of Abram. Because of Abram. Abram is a blessing to his child and his descendants. He's a blessing to them. They're going to inherit land. They're going to see the promised land. What God does here is he goes through this covenant-making process with Abram. And basically, in those days, what they would do is they would take the animals and they would cut them in two and they would put half the animal there and half the animal over there and that you would walk through making a covenant. I've suggested to Tommy McClellan that might be what we ought to do with our next basketball coach. Kind of make that covenant right there. They would make a covenant. And what they say is, we want to make sure that we are following our agreement. If we do not follow our agreement, then may we be torn apart just as these animals are. Basically the idea. But get this. This is an agreement, a covenant. Who walks through? Well, it is a manifestation of God, this oven, this furnace, this fiery smoke. But God is the one who walks through. Now, this is, this is interesting. You don't see Abram walking through in this agreement. This is more of God walking through 
Not that he had to, but that he chose to, to be able to say, Abram, this is my promise to you. I'm making this agreement. And you know what? It's not even that conditional. This is what I am going to do. And your children, or your child, and your grandchildren, they will be blessed. And I promise you that. Now, certainly they were blessed with the promised land materially. Oh, but the great heritage of faith that this man had demonstrated and how he had followed the one true God and how the land itself represented God's promise. You see, the blessing that Abram Abram transmitted to the generations to come was not just material. It was spiritual as well. To those who would come and remember the story about how God had how God had appeared to the patriarch and how he had made this promise for all those years, they would would remember the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They would remember that promise. They would remember that they are blessed because of the faith of that patriarch. There was blessing that would come. You know, so many of us in this place, we uh, certainly want to bring blessing into our children's lives. We want to do that. And God has placed us in a specific role, a particular position where we can do that. I say to you that we have the unique opportunity as parents, mothers, fathers, to bless our children... We have that unique position. Unlike everybody else, unlike others, yes, there are others. There may be teachers, thank God for them. There may be people in our, in our churches, thank God for them, who would be there. We are thankful for all of those folks. But God has uniquely placed you as a parent, as a mother, as a father in that child's life to bring blessing, to bring blessing. Abram brought blessing materially. He brought it spiritually. And again, many of us in this place, we would want to bless our children. And a lot of times we want to make sure that they are blessed materially. How many of us in this place would have said, I want them to have better than what I had? And most of the time, speaking materially, we want them to experience better. There's nothing innately or inherently wrong with that. We want them to have better. That is our hearts and lives. We want them to have better. I've known some that were so concerned, so concerned that when God called them home, they were not going to have much to leave to their children materially. I've heard people talk about that. I've prayed with those individuals before. Understand our heart to leave something for our children. But my friends, there is so much more that we could leave than just simply the material blessings. I said to you, Abram left these spiritual blessings, this spiritual heritage that they could look back. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They communicated their faith and their trust 
and while some turned and went their own way, and certainly they did, there were others who would cling to that God of Israel, Yahweh God. They would cling to Him. And if there's anything that we leave, if there's anything that we leave, it should be a spiritual legacy to our children that they would cling to the God, to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob still, that they would cling to a love and passion of the Lord Jesus Christ, that they would serve Him. You see, you and I can be blessings to our children. We have that responsibility. They are blessings to us, but we are blessings to them. And as I stand here today, I am so thankful that God not only blessed the biological, physical family of Abram, but that God has allowed us to experience the blessings of Abram's spiritual family as well. Do you remember in the New Testament, Genesis 15, 6 is quoted a few times. I'm not going to read all of the quotes, but think about how those those early believers, those apostles, Paul in particular, how he reflected upon Abram's faith. He says in Galatians chapter 3, verse 6, Just as Abram believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness, therefore know that only those who are of faith are the sons of Abraham. And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel to Abraham before, saying, In you all the nations shall be blessed. So then those who are of faith are blessed with believing Abraham. In other words, we ourselves, as we believe and have faith, guess what? We are part of the spiritual family of Abraham. And he has brought blessing to us. God had said, through you, the whole world would be blessed. It wouldn't matter about somebody's ethnic background. It wouldn't worry, you were not worried about geographical location. All individuals can see the blessing of Abraham through faith and trust. Romans, in Romans chapter 4, in Romans chapter 4, verse 22, and therefore it was accounted to him, that is Abram, for righteousness. Now, it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him, but also for us. It shall be imputed to us who believe in him who raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was delivered up because of our offenses and was raised because of our justification. He says, Abram, that blessing, that faith, that demonstrated righteousness, God working through that man, that patriarch, actually brought for us again blessing that if we have that same faith and that same trust, if we recognize that Jesus has died on the cross for our sins and been resurrected, that He has taken away our offenses, as we trust Him, then we have salvation. And we have been blessed by Abram. Your child is a blessing to you. Never forget that. And you are a blessing to your child. How will you take those truths? How will you allow that to impact you this week? 
as you relate to your family? Do you care for your children or grandchildren? As you seek to be a blessing to them, God wants to use you. He wants to work through you. Not just to provide the material things your children need, but to provide the spiritual things and the legacy and the blessing that is only realized in Jesus Christ. Would you hear this message? Would you allow that truth to penetrate your heart? And would you respond in blessing? Let's pray together. Father, we do come this morning. We thank you. We bless you. For even the gift of motherhood, fatherhood. Thank you for our children. God, help us this week to show our value for them. And help us this week, Lord, to be channels of blessing in their life. Lord, help us not to just bless them in the worldly venues, but Lord, help us to bless them in faith and in trust as we serve you. Lord, speak to our congregation now. Use this invitation to help us as we respond, whether it's there in our pew as we reflect upon his message or whether it's here in the front as we pray, as we seek counsel, as we follow you and just obey. God, we pray you'd use this time. In Jesus' name.